listening to Conversations with the Rabbi, a podcast brought to you by Congregation Shmakalenu, featuring Rabbi Scott Hausman Weiss. Welcome to our first podcast. Today we're going to be talking about one book, many interpretations, why so many Jews feel so differently about our current world affairs and our current administration and what we can do about it. So Rabbi Scott, there seems to be a lot of diversification in how the Jewish people as a whole feel about our current administration specifically. I would say the Jews are probably divided in half. There are half of us who feel strongly that we have an ally in the Trump administration. Trump's children are Jewish. Trump has Jewish grandchildren. There's another um, half of the Jewish people who feel strongly that this administration is a threat to us, to other religions, based on not only what they've said, but the actions that they've taken um, against certain religious groups, and the anti-Semitism that we've seen um, throughout the country. We've just gotten the second bomb threat to the um, Jewish Community Center in Houston in the last month. What do you have to say about this? How is it possible that one, that, that all these people who belong to the same religion can have such a different interpretation of the same thing? Well, you know, the, the first thing I would say is that, uh, you know, right? why is this night or this day different from all other nights? I mean, we Jews have always had <clears throat> very challenging, very diverse opinions, and that we've always been able to look at the text and see multiple interpretations, sometimes opposing interpretations. And, and I think one of the power, one of, one of, the, one of the greatest powers and, and, and valuable elements of Judaism is that <clears throat> that is uh, something that's not only existed, but it's always been something that's been embraced. It's been something that's been very much a part of, uh, you know, what we believe, you know, is right, that there should be, there need to be many, many different interpretations. So for the Jews that do feel like they have an ally in this administration, yet have also continued to see the spark in anti-Semitism that we've seen since Trump was elected and even since his campaign began. Do you think that there is something convenient about believing that this administration is our ally based off of our previous experiences as Jews, that we have been exiled, that we have been killed in mass, that we have barely survived in certain circumstances? Do you think that there's a part of us that wants to believe that we have an ally in this administration and chooses to ignore some of this anti-Semitism because that is a survival mechanism for us? Hey, yeah. you know, what I want to say is, is, is what I said before, which is, maybe I can say this, that I, you know, as a rabbi, I'm not sitting here, um, I haven't believed this before, and I, uh, you know, that the, the Trump is necessarily uh, that Trump's an anti-Semite. I'm, I'm not. That's not my thing. I think. I think his. I think his uh, bona fides are real. You know that. I think he really does love his Jewish grandchildren, and I think he really does love his Jewish, you know, Jew, Jewish, you know, uh, con- uh, converted daughter and his son-in-law, and and there's he's all sorts of Jewish people who are part of. Him. I don't think it's about anti-Semitism. I, I uh, the 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 thing that is that is challenging. Um, I think that really the thing that challenge that's challenging uh, about the Trump administration that um, that I think is not a critique but just a um, a description is the notion that um, 
America has to lead um, <clears throat> by, by putting itself first. I think that might be the, one of the more challenging uh, concepts. Um, you know, I mean, in Jewish tradition, there's no question. It says that we should uh, you have to take care of your family, then you take care of your community, then you take care of your state, and so on and so on. But, but the presumption is that you're going to continue expanding your influence. And taking care of others. And so when we focus so much on taking care of ourselves, what you're saying is that's when the white supremacy starts to build, that's when the nationalism starts to build. I, I would say that, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to draw a direct line from, from uh, President Obama to the skinheads, because I think that there's, I think there are a lot of ameliorating circumstances that have, that have led, led to that, to that possibility. Um, and, I, and, and I think it's too easy to, to, you know, to, make, that, to make that claim. Um, but I, yeah, I do, I do believe that, that, that when, um, when the ethic of, um, of selfishness, uh, when the ethic of um, trying to um, maintain, maintain a sense of, um, Of nationalism that that den, that, den, that, that, that that seeks to deny uh, the realities um, of of what of what brought this country into the made this country what it is, you know that for me is 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 you know that's revisionist history, right? We want we want, and I think that that's why the Torah says over and over and over, you know, thirty six times, don't forget the stranger. You were a stranger in the land of Egypt. We can't forget that. I mean, that is, that is so crucial. You know, on Passover at the Seder, we're supposed to, every single person is, if, is supposed to see himself or herself as if he or she saw, uh, came forth out of the land of Egypt. That's it. That's what it's about. It's not so that we can go, yay, Jews, we won, the Egyptians lost. It's that we can, you know, empower ourselves in the sense of Thank God things have gotten better for us, and we'd be ignoring every great lesson about how societies function the best if we said, all right, now that I've gotten mine, I'm not, I don't have to worry about anybody else. Well, I've just gotten some clarity from what you said about don't forget the stranger, why we're all looking at the same text, but we're interpreting it in two very different ways. Most, some of us, you know, we don't want to forget the stranger, but others are very worried that we are the stranger, that we will be forgotten. Right. Which is why we, we want to probably find mm -hmm. an ally in whomever is ruling the country that we live in, mm -hmm. um, which is what I've suspected personally. Yeah, that, well, that fear, I think, is a very challenging feeling if you are part of the third or fourth generation of Jews in America who have felt very, very much at home very much like we belong here and perhaps that's where the reaction is perhaps that's the fault line of the reaction that's causing two different reactions on the one hand those who are trying to maintain a sense of status quo maintain a sense of we can trust the powers that be and those who are saying I'm feeling too much like a stranger myself you know, I thought I belonged, and 
I'm hearing from friends and colleagues and local uh, city organizations and at times at the state and national level uh, messages that are saying to me uh, you don't belong and I wonder if the trick is that we've got to we have to talk a heck of a lot more and that those on the right and those on the left need to spend way more time sitting at tables drinking coffee and saying this is why I'm afraid and then the other side getting to say and this is why I'm afraid you know misery loves company so maybe the expression of fear is the way we all should try to start in understanding you know, this rift. Well, that's very interesting. I agree with you. I do think we should all start to understand each other better. That is all the time we have for today. But if you enjoyed this podcast and want to learn more about Shmakalinu and get in touch with Rabbi Scott, you can visit us on our website at shmakalinu.com and find out when our next services are and join us. You already belong. We'll see you next time.